Welcome to this week's Meat and Poultry Podcast. I'm editor Joel Cruz. Lincoln, Nebraska-based Great Plains Beef began selling certified Piedmontese beef products about a decade ago. The specialty breed, which has roots dating back to the 1600s in the Piedmont region of northwestern Italy, was introduced to the United States about 40 years ago. Since then, meat from the growing cattle herd has garnered a reputation for genetic transparency and eating quality that is associated with more heavily marbled U.S. breeds like Angus and Wagyu. Piedmontese cattle are now raised by beef producers across the Midwest who are required to follow strict production guidelines from farm to fork, which prohibits using growth-promoting hormones, antibiotics, and requires environmental sustainability and humane animal handling practices. The genetic secret sauce bred into the cattle is inactive myostatin. For this week's Meat and Poultry Podcast, we invited Billy Swain, Director of Business Development for Certified Piedmontese, to talk about the history of the breed and the growing popularity of what is a leaner product that delivers the rich flavor of marbled grain or grass-fed beef with lower saturated fat and cholesterol. Especially in the past three years, sales of the products have taken off, growing by as much as 25% each year. Swain talked about how the company has recently moved its operations to a new facility in Lincoln with more processing capacity and an adjacently located restaurant that features the Great Plains beef on the menu. During the pandemic, Great Plains was forced to pivot to supply more retailers with its special brand of boxed beef, among other strategies, which Swain discussed. Swain's passion for promoting certified Piedmontese beef is contagious, and hearing him talk about the past, present, and future of the premium products leaves meat lovers hungry for this special breed of steak. Take a listen. We think you'll enjoy this podcast. Talk a little bit about the breed and some of its attributes and Maybe how it came about a little bit, a little background. Heck yeah. Um, so it's an ancient breed of cattle um, that originated in the 1600s in the Swiss Alps of uh, northwest Italy. Um, so actually two ancient breeds came together to form the Piedmontese breed. Um, the most unique breed of cattle in the world. Um, it possesses what's called inactive myostatin. Um, what that is, is that inhibits the body to produce um, fat cells. Um, so it continues to produce muscles and the cells are quite a bit smaller. Um, so there's uh, intermuscular fat, but it's not huge, heavy deposits. Um, so it's very, very lean meat. Um, and it's, it's you know, incredibly tender across the carcass. Um, how it, uh, it differs from, you know, the other European breeds um, is pretty simple. It's, it's pretty much the polar opposite of it. Um, but it, we are um, a, breed, a breed-specific program. Um, these cattle were brought here in the United States late 70s, early 80s uh, by a group of ranchers that were looking to cross um, to get better, um, better yields. Um, they really stumbled across the, the Piedmontese breed. The Italians did not want the breed to come here to the United States. Um, through a couple of years of litigation, it actually breed came through Canada. One bull and four cows started the entire program here in North America. Um, you know, from there that we just continued to grow um, the genetics of, of the Piedmontese with the bull development, um, working directly with um, the breed association in Italy called Anna Barapi. Um, Anna Barapi is the, the uh, certification, the source um, located in the Piedmont region of Italy um, for all the record keeping of the breed. Um, we are a recognized program with them 
we work with them uh, directly for our genetics. So a little bit further more to, to the genetics of the breed. Um, it's a superior genetics to the simple fact that um, this animal continues to, um, to continues to grow across the carcass with smaller cells and more muscle fibers, which makes it incredibly tender. Um, how what's the benefit for retailers um, and food service? They're able to utilize all cuts, economical cuts, middle meats, um, and really um, highlight the tenderness and the beefy flavor profile um, that Piedmontese can offer. And then one release I, I read that, that you all are realizing 20 and 30 percent annual growth. How, how is that happening and what in what different segments and, and how did that play out over this past year? Um, over this past year it really played out well. Um, just the consumers were more health conscious. Um, the pandemic really helped with that, um, and we really fit extraordinarily well. Um, we're uh, beef that you're, they're looking for healthier beef options, um, and we were able to provide that um, with giving a high protein, low fat count, uh, low calorie um, intake, and it really fed into a lot of, um, a lot of diets. Um, I would say additionally with the pandemic, um, we really started exploding with our case ready and e-commerce options. Um, which it, it got our name really out there. Um, obviously, they couldn't go to the grocery stores quite as often. Um, so being able to see our, our brand and some of our marketing um, when you go online, I really felt helped our brand this past year. And how many how many retailers do you all, how many retail locations are, you, are your products in? Um, we're all across the country. Um, I would say we're probably in uh, 40 or 50 um, retailers across the country, both smaller moms and pops, and continuing to work on uh, national growth. Um, we, we feel that um, from a national account standpoint, we can provide an option for their meat case that's not going to break sales from their current beef programs because we're not an Angus-based or derived. Um, we're truly something unique, um, and we have the offerings to where we're high in protein, low in fat. So not only is it quite a bit different, but the flavor profile and the center of the plate experience is fantastic. Every cut you get. And how has the how has the product mix evolved over the over the years? And it, 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 remind me, it's uh, it's sold under it's sold by Great Plains Beef, right? The the company is Great Plains Beef, correct? Great, yeah. Great Plains Beef is our parent company, yes, and our brand is certified Piedmontese. Um, we started out just, you know, the basic uh, box beef. Um, we were really, you know, stringing week to week from a harvest standpoint. We're less than 1% of all the cattle population in the world. Um, so it's, it's a true heritage breed. We do not bend on our genetics. We DNA test every single animal. But even further to that, um, we started out in box beef, then branched out into ground beef and fully cooked items, um, which continued to evolve into case-ready options, um, and then as well um, evolved into our 100% grass-fed program um, and all the options with that. So um, August was so paramount for us because all the working parts we've had over the last 10 years finally came into one building or, or one campus. Um, we really uh, utilized third parties to help us with you know, from our storage and our production, et cetera, 
and really learned and listened from some of the industry's um, leaders with that. Um, and then come and build our facility. Um, now we're producing all of our ground beef here, um, as well as our cut portions and steaks. And then everything is, all of our trucking is, comes from here and all of our product is stored here. And that facility was, was, uh, was it SunWest Farms? It was, it was a pre-existing uh, facility that did something else, I'm assuming, not, not yeah, beef Yeah, it was like a, um, a produce stand. It was SunWest Farms and uh, it was just a retrofit building um, with plenty of land um, here on the north side of town worked out great we're very accessible to the to the highway so trucks can in and out relatively quickly um, but yeah it's a really nice campus we have our cold storage here um, as well as our grind room cup portioning um, and then our corporate offices to also encompass our restaurant Casa Bovina um, and then our retail space of the Mercado um, which we feature certified Piedmontese beef obviously there and then all of our further productions um, as well. So how does the how does the product product at retail or for your food for service customers how does how does it compare to say an Angus or a higher end beef cost wise? Um, cost wise, I would say we're in between a prime and wagyu, um, not quite that wagyu um, price level, um, but I would say just a shade above of above prime pricing. So we're really right there. Um, I think consumers that we have found are really looking where to spend their money um, on where food comes from. And we have a complete uh, 360 story um, with, we handle every aspect of the cattle's life from the bull development, from seed stock to bull development, um, to the calf hits the ground, every aspect through the cattle's life, all the way until it hits the box and to further process. We touch 100% of every aspect of our cattle's lives. There's no other beef program out there that can say that. It's pretty cool. Um, we're 100% source verified. Um, IMI Global is our third-party audit, audit uh, where food comes from, and they do a fantastic job for us. Um, but it, it is a true source verified product, um, and completing that story is really what's um, resonating with our consumers. Let's take a break from our visit with Billy Swain to give you a heads up about meat and poultry's upcoming issues. May, we published the annual Red Book, which is a resource guide for processors to find the industry's latest technologies and services listed by company names and their specialization. Also in May, check out our special supplement, Meat Alternative Trends and Technologies. In it, we take a closer look at the exponential growth of the plant-based meat processing segment and the promising technology behind cultured meat and poultry products. Check out this standalone publication to find out the latest news and trends related to animal-free meat production. Now, let's get back to my visit with Billy Swain and learn more about certified Piedmontese. And y'all do like DNA testing or confirmation of the of the breed, correct? Is that is that their identogen? Another? Um, Gene Seek, um, absolutely. Um, we used Pfizer for quite some time. Um, they ended up doing another company. Uh, I guess it was because it's a little bit closer. Uh, but yeah, every single animal that hits the ground, uh, we a DNA test for at least one marker of the inactive myostat. Um, in some cases, there's two markers, but we require at least one marker. Well, that's just in case, you know, one of those bulls wanted to jump the fence. We want to make sure our program is just right. Um, now, we are a never ever program, no antibiotics, hormones or steroids, additionally administered throughout their entire lives. 
However, if they were to get sick, um, we do remove them, treat them, and then sew them off. It's not a secondary program. We don't have, oh, it fits into this. Oh, no, it fits into this. Right. So we're very strict um, on our guidelines and our brand protocol overview. So what grade do you, is everything one grade, or do you, how does yes, that, that marketed? Yes, sir, it is. Everything is one grade. I, I really felt that we really broke the mold um, of the beef industry um, back in, in 2016 when we said, we don't believe that a, a human visual um, presence of intermuscular fat is going to dictate our quality of our product. Our quality of our product is on DNA. We DNA test every single one. It's the genetics that make Piedmontese unique, not the color of a hide or a visible intermuscular uh, fat. Um, so we use that. Um, we worked with the USDA. Um, we fall under a USDA branded program. We grade in the cooler for our carcass data, um, but really everything is certified Piedmontese and that DNA. That's our quality grade, and that's something that we have that others do not. So if a customer comes to you and says, "What what are you what are you closest to?" Do you do you say that you're kind of between the 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 Wagyu and the and Prime uh, as far as well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when they ask, you know, where, where do you fall from a price standpoint? Yeah, we actually do mention that we fall in between the Prime and Wagyu. I'm sorry, I, I meant as far as grade goes. Do you say you're you're closer to Prime or closer to Choice or somewhere in between? I would say we're closer to Low Choice. Low, low choice visibly. Um, again, it's more with Piedmontese. It's more a fleck uh, of intermuscular fat rather than huge heavy deposits, and that's due to the cell makeup. The Piedmontese have smaller cells. So if you can imagine, um, you know, with the cell makeup um, representing in a large jar, and um, let's say other European breeds, their cell makeup is represented by a tennis ball. You fill that jar up with tennis balls, all the space in between of those tennis balls is the intermuscular fat, larger heavy deposits. Well, Piedmontese will be that same jar with um, their cell makeup is marbles. It's there, but it's not huge, heavy deposits. So the space in between those marbles are nice little flecks to help it, um, add to the flavor profile, but not overly, um, overly fatty. Um, and again, what that really helps us with across the carcass is A, better yields, but B, from a flavor standpoint, it's really fantastic. Those smaller, closer together muscle fibers makes it incredibly tender. But you don't have to fight that that fat that you do in, in with other breeds. And what's your ideal uh, in terms of food service versus retail? What's your, I mean, last year being what it was is kind of an anomaly, but I mean, what's the ideal, what's the target for, for that division? Um, we'd like to see about a 60-40, 60% pressure on from a retail standpoint, um, a 40 from, um, from a food service. Currently right now, um, I would say we're, we're heavy 70-30. Um, we really want to continue to, to drive more retail, especially with our new program, um, our grass-fed, 100% grass-fed program. And then is, uh, where, where else and what other parts of the world are there, are there efforts like you all? I mean, how, how many other programs are there globally? And how, how big is this, is the, uh, the herd how, as far as availability of the, the actual livestock? I mean, is it... I assume it's a finite number, right? Yeah, it certainly is. Um, there are breed associations in just about every country. 
um, that work with Anna Barampi. Um, it's really, um, really a, a, quite a following with Piedmontese. Um, the carcass shields are unbelievable, and from a livestock standpoint, um, it's really uh, quite impressive. You know what the Piedmontese can offer to your to your program. Um, in fact, a lot of these larger um, larger producers stand in line for our fallouts, um, just because you know our bulls produce really really well um, and our cows as well. So. Um, I would say as far as what the availability is, we have strong availability. We've worked the last 12 years to get to this point. Uh, we have um, multi-productions uh, per week, 52 weeks a year. Um, so as it sits right now, we're three productions per week, um, 52 weeks a year, and we're on a constant 52-week production of our grass-fed program. Um, so constant supply is solid. Um, availability is solid. I would say you know, items such as hanging tenders and a few, you know, that have their one piece per animal. Uh, we certainly uh, have them available, but we recommend chefs not putting, you know, some of the sensitive items on menus. Um, again, um, one other thing I'd like to certainly mention to that as far as our capabilities on, on shipping, um, we're able to ship, you know, all across the, all across the country. We either work with um, direct with the retailer or food service establishment or through a distributor, but we offer also offer our business to business. We can we can work directly with our chefs, um, with with a product directly from the source. You know, kind of per se uh, sockeye salmon flown in directly from Alaska type deal. Then that's that really resonates with our field to fork type restaurants, and it's a service um, that we we understand that other companies like us do not offer. Again, completing our circle is extraordinarily important. Having um, direct contact with the chefs that work with our product, with the retailers, the guys in the shop. Um, that's really huge uh, for us. And our, our customer our customer retention is fantastic. I think because of our service um, and because of the quality of our product as well. So you mentioned the, the production schedule. Um, go over that again. How, how many days do you, do you process and can you quantify like how many pounds or what the capacity would could be or what the current or future uh, production in terms of, like I said, in terms of pounds or per head or however you want to quantify that? We have, as far as with our core program, our grain finished, um, we, uh, we fabricate, we harvest and fabricate three times per week. We cut steaks um, three to four days per week. We grind five days per week. Um, as far as um, the pounds, uh, we have the capability um, to do 60,000 pounds of ground beef um, per week, um, at least initially. Um, as far as from a, from a cut standpoint, um, we have one, sh one shift right now we're cutting, eight hours, three days a week. Um, that will probably move to a two shift in time. Um, some other further ex further things, our cook process and some of that uh, will be brought into this um, into this facility as well. And who does the the, the slaughter? I know you guys do the further the the secondary processing there. Do, where, where are the animals slaughtered? Um, we have two different facilities that we work with: uh, Rocky Mountain Natural Meats um, in Colorado. They do a fantastic job. Um, Brush and Rocky Mountain National uh, Natural Meats, excuse me. Um, and then Western Reserve in Hastings, Nebraska. Um, it really works great for us. Um, small travel time and between 
um, the ranch and the and the plant. So all of our cattle that are more western Nebraska go to our Colorado plant. More of our central Nebraska um, animals go to our Hastings plant. And how many people work in the processing facility, the new processing facility that y'all moved into? Um, I think there's about 35 employees there. Um, I think all in all, um, with our warehouse and cut facility and grind room, um, there's about 45, 45 total uh, employees. So how hard is it? Is it a big challenge still for you all to to get the to kind of educate customers, whether the retail or food service, on on what distinguishes this product from you know everyone's used to seeing the the traditional marbling and the I mean you did a great job of explaining that to me, but does that resonate or do you do point of purchase type of educational type of efforts or how do you promote what makes it different and why it's why it's you know set apart from from the other types of meat. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I think you really hit the nail on the head. The first handful of years, it was extraordinarily difficult um, to explain the, the breed itself, but we were very persistent. We knew we were onto something. We knew it wasn't a fad. We knew that um, the explosion of natural organic industry um, and people looking for that lean, healthy beef, we knew we had the right thing. So, yes, it did take us a, a good handful of years to get there. Um, I would say from an education standpoint, it's becoming easier. People are, are recognizing our brand um, through, through trying it or, or hearing about you know, our product. Um, but I would say definitely when we work with our retailers, um, we always we do a lot of demos. We do a lot of training sessions um, with, uh, with the staff that work behind the counter. Um, I feel that's extraordinarily important. Um, and, and a continued education um, when we go out to any shows that we do um, or live at, at at the individual retail and as a goal i mean is, is it a goal to, as far as growth goes to to get into like the big boxes or like you said are you more focused on the on the kind of the independent operating retailers or is, well, is costco or sam's is that a goal or um i, I would say yes um short term we're, we're making sure that that our supply meets our demand uh, but i truly feel i truly feel that um, the larger stores will demand products such as ours. And because we're in a, in a segment in which no one else is, is with us, we're very excited for that moment. Um, do I feel that we'll be in um, the, the larger retailers and players as we move forward? Absolutely, yes, sir. But we wanna do that in a manner in which follows um, A, our mission, um, how we produce products, um, and our slow foods movement, but additionally where our supply meets our demand. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast, and we'd like to thank Billy Swain for joining us. If you want to learn more about certified Piedmontese, go to www.piedmontese.com. Also, don't forget to keep up with industry news each day with Meat and Poultry at www.meatpoultry.com. And follow at Meat Poultry on our social media platforms including Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll be back next Friday for the Meat and Poultry Podcast.